0: Well, this is exciting. I am so glad and so thankful that we're doing this teaching because our God gets a bum rap. He gets blamed for everything bad. You know, it's an act of God when we have tornadoes and bad things, tsunamis and stuff, and that's not our God. So I'm thankful that we're able to share this good news. I think most... Christians are cool with Jesus. They have no problem accepting him because they view him as love. They view him compassionate. They view him as good and merciful and and full of grace. But God on the other hand, not so much. There's been a lot of bad teaching, religion that has portrayed God as distant, angry, judging, vengeful. He's going to strike you down. He's going to punish you. He's going to smite you. I remember that as a kid growing up. (laughs) But those are all things that, like Tom was talking about, if you're looking at the Old Testament and you're not looking through the eyes of Jesus, It could look like that. It could look like that because you have someone showing you something in the Old Testament about God and you just automatically, we just take it, we just receive it. We don't look any deeper. But like Cindy shared um, last week about how Jesus is the exact representation of God. If you want to know the character, the nature, his heart, you look at Jesus in the New Testament. He represents God. He didn't do anything on his own. The Bible says he did everything that his father said to do, everything his father told him to say. That's who our father is. That's who God is. And Cindy just mentioned this. Um, while she was introducing, but I really want to share this again. and And if you weren't here last week, write this down. This is very important because I think sometimes because we have a poor conception of the Father or we don't feel we're good enough or we're not worthy, that we don't feel like we're able to receive God's best. So write this down, if you weren't here last week. She said, if we have a wrong perception of God, you will expect the wrong things from God. That's huge. And you will get what you expect or believe. That's a fact. That's a truth. So if you don't feel God loves you for some reason, you're not good enough, you did Something, you know, in your youth, or, you know, he's mad at you for some reason. You're going to be afraid to approach God. You're afraid he's going to smite you, (laughs) that he's punishing you for something. So we need to get the true nature of God. She shared um, a couple weeks ago Psalms 91. 14 through 16. Aaron, do we have that up on the... Um, It says, because he has set his love on me, I will deliver him. We can call on his name and he will answer. He is with us to deliver us out of trouble. Now, does that sound like somebody mad? Somebody that wants to punish you? Somebody that doesn't want to have anything to do with you? Mm. and the other thing that she mentioned was the very first week she was sharing like you said the history and how God was with man from the very beginning in the garden even after the fall of man he was still communicating He was still loving. He was still protecting. He was still talking. He was still supplying, even after man disobeyed. That's grace. Grace was shown all through the Old Testament up to when the law came into effect. That's huge. That's not an angry God. That's not a mean God. That's not somebody that's out to hurt you or to punish you. So as we go through this and continue in the next couple weeks about really understanding the true nature of God, I pray that your hearts are opened to the truth because sometimes we've had some bad teaching. Sometimes we've been told some things that aren't truth because somebody else had a distorted view. But he's good, guys. He is good, and he is merciful, and he is love for each and every one of us. He did not leave us to fend for ourselves. That's awesome. So tonight's title of the teaching is God is for us and with us, like Cindy shared. Matthew uh, one twenty-three, which is not up there, Aaron. Um, talks about how Jesus was going to be conceived and that Mary was going to a virgin was going to bear a son and that son was going to be called Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. He's working on something, guys. Something big and something good and we'll we'll get through it tonight. The whole, this statement, God is with us and God is for us, is a statement and a concept that's throughout the whole Bible. And I'm telling you, it was hard trying to whittle this all down <laughs> for time's sake, because time after time after time after time, he was with his people. He provided for his people. So in the Old and the New Testament... He was with them and for them. And this is God's expression of his great love for us. It's his love, because of his love for you, for his creation, that he chooses to be with us and for us, even when we're disobedient, even when we're not perfect, even with all our faults and failures. He still loves us. Create God, the creator of heaven and earth, chooses to be with us and for us despite any mess up we can do. Praise God. And this is huge. God wants us to grasp the magnitude of this. He loves you, and he's not going to leave you. He is for you, not against you. He wants to be with you this is huge and some like this might be new to some of you that God cares that much but he does and I'm gonna tell you why he knows what we face here on this earth he knows that there's an enemy out here okay that tries to kill to steal to destroy Because he knows that fear and doubt and torment and hopelessness will be a constant battle for each one of us unless we get the revelation that our God is for us, with us, and he loves us. Now just in natural, just in the natural, just in the human, think of somebody that you feel that really loves you. They would do anything for you. I mean, Tom and I refer to our children and our grandbabies. Or baby, we got two coming. (laughs) But you would do anything for them. Even when they act out. Even when they get a little tantrum here or there. You still love them. You still will do anything for them. Anything that is in our means... Tom and I will do for our Ethan and for our children. Now that's human love. We have a very skewed understanding of what love is in our natural realm. God's love is perfect. God's love for you and I is not based on What you do, what you don't do, how you do it. Did you listen? Did you disobey? It's not based on that. He loves you because he is love. He can't do anything else. He is love. So how much more does God love you with his kind of love would be willing to do anything and everything that he can to make sure that all is well with you. Wow. He loves us, he loves us, he loves us, he loves us. He doesn't want us in fear and doubt. He wants us to put our trust in him. I know Tom loves me. I trust him completely. We need to get even a deeper revelation about God. Because I'm telling you, if there's anybody trustworthy, it's God. Because of misunderstandings, because of wrong teaching, we feel God doesn't come through for us sometimes. Sometimes. But when we get in God's word and we see it through Jesus and we see how much we're loved, that love should build a trust. As you start getting to know him, spending that intimate time with him to where there's a trust. So when we get in the word, and in our situation it's healing, this is what this class is about, but it goes for anything. Especially if you've never heard that God wants you well, that he wants everybody healed. That's exciting news when you're battling something. That almost seems too good to be true, okay? But that's because your relationship with God hasn't been built, established to where you can trust him. And then when you get in the word and you find all these awesome promises about God wants you well, by his stripes I am healed, he takes all sickness and disease from me. I mean, there's scripture after scripture after scripture. It initially brings comfort. It's encouraging to you. It sounds wonderful. And his word gives you hope. So when you're reading and declaring healing scriptures to renew your mind to his truth, it should bring peace, joy, and comfort to you. And as you build this relationship and this love relationship starts growing, that will happen. But until you do, that's not something that you can skip over either. Because you will find that you're in belief, fear, and doubt. Then you're up in belief when you hear some good teaching or when you hear um, some song or however, you hear something that will, will, will initiate the faith that you have on the inside of you, and you're like, yes, until you get away from the word and you start looking at circumstances and situations fear doubt and unbelief comes up because we have a wrong perception or a wrong knowledge about God and his word that is why we waver Belief, doubt. Belief, doubt. And I'm here to tell you that's not a good place to be. Because you could be in strong faith, and when you're in fear and doubt, it negates your faith. And God knows that that's not the best place for you to be. Because he knows that it's faith in him that will bring his word, his promise to you, manifested in this flesh. He loves you. He wants everything he has for each one of us. So that we're walking in victory, that we're walking in blessing, that we're walking in his goodness. There's a lot of things that can bring fear, but I want you to know if you are in fear, you are not focused on Jesus. And that's a good way to tell your eyes are not fixed on him. So we're talking about all these these things <laughs> that aren't good for us, that causes us to doubt God, to to not be able to freely receive all that he has. But let's look at Romans 8, 31, just the the beginning part. It says, what shall we say to these things? What things? Fear, doubt, unbelief, bad reports, bad circumstances. What do we say to these things? Well, let's see what the word says. Can we get the second half? If God is for us, who can be against us? That should be on our lips. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 20, verse 15. It says, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. That's not a distant God. That's not a God that doesn't care, that doesn't love you. He's telling you, don't be afraid. Because he's for you. He's telling you, don't be dismayed. I'm here for you. Trust me. When we are faced with something, a lot of times we start thinking, oh gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You have people. What are you going to do? Right? Well, I don't know about you, but when I start (laughs) thinking of things that I'm going to try to do to something that looks impossible or that something that doesn't look like I'm going to be able to fix it. And then you've got friends and loved ones saying, what are you going to do? That's a scary place to be. And it brings fear. Because we know that we're weak. We know that we can't do Very much. But what does the word say? Nothing is impossible for God to those who believe. God's telling you tonight, whatever it is, that it's his battle, not yours. You can trust him because he's with you. He's for you and he loves you. Let's look at Isaiah 26, 3, please. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. If we trust God, that is a thermometer for us. If we're really trusting God, we're going to be at peace. No matter if a doctor tells you something, or you find a lump or a bump, or you have a pain. In the flesh, we're going to freak out about it. We're going to start wondering, now what do I do? What should I do? What should I do about this? But your God says, I've got it. I can take this if you'll let me. Praise God. (laughs) I can take this for you because nothing is impossible for me. But I need you to trust me. Trust me. He wants you to know that there is no problem that is against you, that has come against you, that has taken him by surprise. It's taken you by surprise for sure. But there is nothing about you that God doesn't know. There is nothing that you're going to come up against that God wasn't aware of. And He's made a way for you. That's why His Word is so important. Not our emotions, not our five senses. His word. His word is solid. His word is truth. The Bible says it's forever settled in heaven. He's not going to tell you, whoops, I didn't mean that. No. It's a sure thing. So we get in his word, we find what his promises are, and we allow that to work inside of us to renew our mind So that we can trust him. Because if we can get that revelation of, I trust you, God, because you are for me, you are with me, and you love me, and you've provided everything that I need. It's done. You will be in perfect peace. He is with you when you're going through hard times. Isaiah 43, 2 through 4. When you pass through the waters, I will be there with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow. The Amplified Bible says it won't overwhelm you. Praise God. He's with you. He's not going to let you drown in whatever's trying to come up against you. You're not going to drown in this if you trust him. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flames scorch you. You won't even smell like smoke when this is over. Trust him. Trust him. Praise God. For I am the Lord your God because, listen to this, my goodness, because you are precious, you're precious to God. In my sight, you have been honored. God honors us. Wow. God says he honors us. And I have loved you. That's beautiful. That's awesome. This is from God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, who knows everything about me and my faults and my weaknesses. He loves me. He's still sticking with me. He's still around. When I mess up, he doesn't say, oh, girl, I'm done with you. No. He's always there. Always. When others have forgotten or forsaken you. How many have been disappointed by people or hurt by people? Promises, and they don't come through. Disappointments, hurts. It's just what people do. <laughs> That's just, we're not perfect. But Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, For he himself said, God himself told us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He wants you to trust that. Verse 6 says, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Nothing. Because God is for us and with us, and he loves us. He is for us when physical needs come up. Exodus fifteen twenty six says, I am the Lord that heals you. Praise God. Jeremiah 37 says, For I will restore health to you and heal your wounds. And there's a lot more of healing. Jesus went to the cross, and the Bible says he bore stripes on his back so that we can be healed. He took every sickness, disease, and pain and infirmity on him. It was judged on the cross so that you and I can be as Jesus is, free from sickness, disease, and infirmity of any and every God says that. God provided that. God sent his son to do that. That is selfless love. I love you guys, but I would not send my son for you. Selfless love. How beautiful is that? because he knew that that was the only way that he can make all things right. In the Old Testament accounts, it's evident that God was near man, that God never left man. The animal sacrifices and the, shed, the blood that was shed kept that open channel because of sin. But the relationship was external. It was out here somewhere. Even though he was around, even when we called out his name, or they did back in that time, he was still there and he would answer them. But speaking, trying to communicate with us, a lot of times he used prophets because we didn't have an inward relationship with him. So he needed other people to tell you, hey, you're messing up, you need to get that straight. But at that time, he was not able to dwell within us. And unfortunately, I think that there's a lot of Christians today that still picture an external relationship with God today. They know all the right sayings and they've heard, you know, that God is in us and all that. But I still think because they have a jaded perception of God, they still think he's out there somewhere, that they have to beg and plead and you know, when they're, they're needing something or they, they want God to help them or that they have to pray so hard that we're storming the gates of heaven. That is Old Testament. But we're on this side of the cross. We have a relationship, an internal relationship with the Father. He's not distant anymore. The moment you say, Father, it, he's, he's there. He's listening. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> and the extent that he had to go to to get that relationship was sending Jesus. God longed for a close, intimate relationship with us. If we look at the Garden of Eden, that relationship with Adam and Eve and God walking with them and talking with them, that was his original intent. But because sin entered, man fell, man did what they did, It wasn't the same. But he still longed to be in a relationship, an intimate relationship where we talk and walk together. He loves us so much, he made a way for an internal relationship. It's permanent. We can't mess it up, praise God. Because I'll tell you humans, if we could find a way, we'll do it. Right? Right? Because of our faults, our failures, our whatever. Disobedience, selfishness, whatever. But God made a way to where it's permanent that he can dwell on the inside of us. He gave us a renewed spirit. His spirit. And it's on the inside of us. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20. For you were bought with a price. Yes, there was a price to pay. It was the blood of Jesus. The perfect, precious blood of Jesus. Paid the price for sin so that we could be as one with the Father, just as Jesus was. That intimate relationship, when you look through all the Gospels and you see all the accounts of Jesus, the relationship with with the Father was very close, so much so that he called him Father. The religious Jews of that day were very angry because Jesus did call God Father. That was disrespectful. You didn't do that. God is God. He's God. He's out there. But Jesus showed us that God wants that intimate relationship, that personal one-on-one relationship. Isn't that awesome? Romans 8, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him, with Jesus, Freely give us all things. That sounds like a good father. He freely gives us stuff. We may not deserve it, but that's not what it's based on. It's based on his love for us. <coughs> Romans eight fourteen through 16. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You and I are led by the Spirit because we have his Spirit on the inside of us. We're sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba is a term like our term for daddy. That's a close, intimate relationship. Our kids don't call Tom father. Aaron still calls him daddy. I still call my father daddy. He wants that for you and I, to be able to call him daddy, to be able to go to him, talk to him, share with him, Let him help you. Let him love you. Let him be for you. To provide for you. Because of the shed blood of Jesus, we have become God's dwelling place, praise God, and his children. Because of the shed blood of Jesus, has made us so perfect, God, who is perfect, can dwell here now. We're his temple. Now, you may say, well, I still do this, I still do that. You're talking about the outward flesh. I'm talking about inside you. You have the potential of everything that God is. We have the fullness of God in us now. The fullness of God in us now. So all of these things that we have been talking about and more as we get into the word, everything that God is, we have the potential to tap into. We have the same power and authority as God. We have the love and compassion as God. We are his children. Everything that he has, he's now bequeathed to us. We have inherited it. The Bible says we're heirs and joint heirs with Jesus. So Jesus was one with God, and he had everything that God had. Now we are in Christ Jesus. We have everything Jesus has. So what you saw or what you see in the New Testament, in the the four Gospels, everything that Jesus did, that's us. So when we understand He is so much for us, that he loves us, so much so that he wanted to give us everything that he is. His fullness, his completeness is here on the inside of us. Because your Father is for you this very moment, you can be confident that he will help you, he will provide for you, and he has made a way for you. And the way to know that, get in the word. Find it in the word. I guarantee you for every circumstance and situation that man could ever face or be in, God's already provided a promise for it in his word. Wow. He loves us. He's a good father. He takes care of us. He provides for us. He's made a way. We're talking about God's true nature. Something else about God. God cannot lie. Let's look at Numbers 23 19. God is not a man that he should lie, or the Son of Man that he should repent. And that word repent is change, change of mind. God doesn't lie. We can trust him. Lying is not part of his nature. But if we look at John 8, 44, the latter part of it, let's find out who the liar is. He, the devil, does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. He is a a liar and a father of it. That's who the liar is. Not God. When we're standing and declaring healing promises, you're believing God for a manifestation of that healing, and here comes a doctor's report that is totally contrary to what you're believing God for. What do you say? Oh, no, what am I going to do? No. When we get in this relationship and we know that we can trust him, we're going to declare that is a lie. That's right. That's right. My God is for me, not against Amen. me. Amen. My God does not lie. He says I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Now, I'm not telling you that it's not a fact. The doctor's report is bad. But what I am here to tell you, we're not denying it, but facts change. Truth never changes. So whether healing works in my life or not, that does not determine God's word is true or not true. It is true, period. We don't look at other people to confirm that God's word is true. Because God's word is true. He doesn't lie. It never changes. He never changes. He loves us so much. He talks to us. In a lot of different ways. Through other people, through his word, through good teaching. And he's trying to get us to be able to get that revelation. Of whatever truth it is that you're standing on. Because he so wants you to succeed. He wants to give you. All that he is. The Bible says so we can have days of heaven on earth. Like it was in the garden. Again, we're back to what God originally intended for us. And now through Jesus that way has been made. But as we are renewing our mind, just like in 1 John it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. How? As your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Those are the things that are going to trip you up if you don't get it lined up with God's word. Those are the things that are going to trip you up when you don't get that revelation. And it has to be your revelation, not mine, not Cindy's. This has to be real to you. Because when something is really real to you and you believe it, there's nothing or nobody that's going to tell you any different that's going to change your mind. It's not going to rock your world. It's not going to leave you hopeless. He's not a liar. Ask for a revelation of that. Because when we live this life, there's going to be things that try to come up against us. But if you know that you know that you know that you are loved of God, that he is for you and with you, that he's provided everything that I need, that he's already put it on the inside of me, and I deem him trustworthy... So when the negative stuff comes up, and it will, because we live in a fallen world, God has promised us that we're the victors. We're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. It's already been conquered. Sin, death, sickness, all of that has been conquered at the cross through Jesus Christ. And we can just receive it. but we have to know that we're loved unconditionally. We have to know that God chooses to stay with me, thick or thin, <laughs> how bad or good I am, how lazy I am, In the word, prayer. It's not about that. It's all about God's love for you. And when you get that revelation of that perfect love for you, you desire to spend time with him. You desire to be in his word. It's not a chore. Now, sometimes we're standing in faith and we're believing God and we're declaring his word and we know that he's not a liar and sometimes manifestation takes a while. God wants to encourage us. Don't get weary in trusting him. When we get the mind, the will, and the emotions lining up with truth of God's word, things get easier and easier. But sometimes we hinder it by poor choices, by not choosing it to to do it the way God says to do it or not do it. But he still loves you and he's still around and he's waiting for you to say, okay, God, I'm here. I blew it, but you know what? I know you're here and I know you love me. Thank you that I'm forgiven. Thank you that I'm righteous. Thank you that I am holy. Thank you that I am your daughter. And he's there and he will be there to encourage you to strengthen you to build you up to where you can get to the place I trust you father I trust you daddy you are trustworthy but let's look at hebrews 10:36 because sometimes we can get distracted with time because we think it should have been fixed Whenever. Yesterday. whatever. For you have need of endurance. And some of the other um, um, translations, thank you, um, say patience. Okay? For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God you may receive the promise. Now, the word endurance means steadfastness. If you're steadfast in something, you're not going to move. Consistency. You're going to be consistent in your words, in your actions, and patient. Why? I trust you, God. If your word says, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I'm not looking at time. I'm looking at how much you love me, how much you care for me, that you've provided everything that I need, and it's here, it's mine. You have adopted me and made me your daughter. You are for me. So after we've been steadfast, after we are consistent in our words and our thoughts and our actions, which is all working on our mind, our will, and our emotions, Okay, renewing that to where it lines up with what the word says, Then the word says, after you have done the will of God. Well, what's the will of God? Believing. That's the will of God for you and me. Believe him. Trust him. If I have to be patient, if I have to be steadfast, Because my mind is renewed to my God does not lie. And if he says it, this is what is going to happen. Your eyes are on the word, which is constant and true. You don't get caught up in the circumstances. All he says is only believe. Only believe. Be steadfast. Don't waver at that problem. Just because you're waiting, just because you seem like you're getting bad reports, be steadfast in the truth of the word. Be steadfast in the finished work of Jesus. Be consistent. I'm not going to fear and worry. That's inconsistent. We want to be consistent in his word. Nope. This is what God said. I know what the doctor's report says. I get it. But God, your word supersedes this. Your word says my liver is healed by the stripes of Jesus. Your word says diabetes is healed by the stripes of Jesus. Your word says high blood pressure is healed by the stripes of Jesus. Whatever it is your word says and you do not lie, I take you at your word. When you stand consistent in that word, you will be joyful, you will be excited, and you will be expecting. Confident expectation of something good no matter how long it takes. Don't let the enemy trip you up with time. We are humans. We live our life on time. Everything is about time. Days, minutes, months, years, whatever. God doesn't work that way. But as we spend time with him and we build this relationship, this intimate relationship to where we know that we know that we know that God loves me, he's for me. If he says it in his word, I trust him. I will not be dismayed because I went to the doctor and it was another bad report. No, no, I'm going to be excited and joyful and expect expecting something good. The enemy trips a lot of us up right at that spot. You're believing God, you're believing God, you may have got a good report, okay, even. And you go back and all of a sudden it's not so good. Don't fall for it. Please don't fall for it. Because the enemy is trying to get your eyes off of Jesus and on the circumstance. What am I going to do now? What are the doctors going to do for me? We're limited, folks. I don't care if you're a doctor or not. You're still limited, but God is limitless. Praise God. Put your trust in him. Bible says he will work all things out for your good and his glory. Start giving him glory now because he's working on it for you. He's working on it for you. But get this revelation. I'm loved. My God does not lie. He is for me and not against me. He is with me always. He's bigger than this. I choose to trust him. But the trust is something that is spent or is built by spending time Time in his word and time with him. And the other thing Tom kind of touched on this about, he didn't quite say it like this, but guarding your hearts. Watch what goes inside your eyes and your ears. Even if it's disguised as a God thing, Be consistent with what you're hearing as far as teaching goes. You cannot mix it because it'll trip you up every single time. Or it'll make it more difficult for you to be able to stand in faith. The least amount of things that you can put in your path that's going to not be beneficial for you. Get it out. Especially when you're battling something. That's not the time to be here, there, and everywhere listening to anything. We have to be consistent in this teaching of God's love, of God's goodness, the finished work of Jesus, and all that he has accomplished for you. And the last part of the scripture says what? When we stick with it, we're consistent, we're standing in faith, declaring I trust you, God, no matter how long it takes. And after I've done it, after I continue to believe, what does it say? That you will receive the promise of God. His word is so rich. A lot of people talk about, oh, God's a mystery. We never know his will. We don't know what he thinks about this or that, and that's not true. He's very open for us. We just choose not to either do it his way or choose to get in there to find out what it says. But he is for us, and he has put his word in our possession. To where we can grow. To where we can glean. To where we can be successful. To where we can see that we need to do some adjustments in something. And be okay with it. Wrong teaching. Wrong doctrine. It's okay. Get in the word. Find out what it is and say, okay, that was wrong. Praise God. You've revealed something to me. Don't be so proud or prideful that you think you know it all and everything is good. We can trust him his word is for us he is for us everything we need for life and for godliness is provided it's his word his word his word and let it exalt jesus like tom said tonight look through the glasses with or jesus glasses to see what Jesus has provided for us so that we can receive his promises, so that we can walk in divine health, so that we can have all that God wants us to have by simply trusting. Getting that revelation, he loves me, he is for me, he is with me, he's not going to leave me no matter how bad I am, no matter what I've done, no matter what I do, or don't do. He's always with me. That's love. Selfless love. Because if it was any one of us. We tell you to hit the road. I'm done with you. But praise God he doesn't. Praise God he stays with us. And he is always for us. Always for us. And wants to bless us. And wants us to grow. And be all that we can be, in Him, we're powerful beings. We're not just humans. Sorry, I was just looking at that scripture and it says you may receive the knowledge. So a lot of people are looking at it. And it sounds like a question. No, yeah. Some mm-hmm. of you might not receive the promise. So I just looked it up. And in the original Greek, "you may" is not it there. It's so after you have done the will of God. Believing. So amen, receive it,
1: amen, amen. Receive thank promise.
0: you, thank you, yeah, it's not a question, it's not an if, it's telling you, you can, if you believe, if you are patient, and you believe, you can receive it, thank you, honey, that's good, so praise God for that, he is with us, and he is for us, and I'm thankful for that, we need him, he sent us an awesome savior, who's made the way for us. He's so wonderful, so wonderful. Father, we just praise you right now, and we thank you for another glimpse of your true nature. That your love is shown through being with us and for us and providing for us. Father, that you are not a liar, hallelujah, that we can take you at your word. Thank you, Father, for who you are, all that you are, Father. You are wonderful and you are great. And Father, you have started something awesome in each one of us. And I pray in the name of Jesus that we each one have a deeper revelation of your love for us individually. Father, revelation, not knowledge, is what helps us to receive. When it becomes more real, your word becomes more real than the circumstance. Father, I thank you that you are faithful and that you are with us always. You dwell inside of us. You go wherever we go. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Give us a deeper revelation of what that means, that you are with us. You are for us. That we won't be flippant about it, Father, that we will get it of how awesome, It is that you choose to be with us and for us. So we just praise you right now. We thank you and we honor you. We glorify you, Father, for you are worthy of all of our praise. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.